I'm Mark Stedman, the last of a great line. Mark Stedman, the nothingth. I'm John Hickman. Wow. Wow. That really is amazing. And I'm Danny Smith. I won't disturb you with the details because they would disturb you. It was on display in the bottom of a locked filing cabinet, stuck in a disused lavatory with a sign on the door saying, Beware of the Leopard. From the outpost, this is Beware of the Leopard. It's the A to Z of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and we are still unbelievably doing the S thing. We're nearly there, lads. We're nearly there. A strag is a non-hitchhiker. Given that we've discussed the idea of hitchhiker as a class of person, Danny, do you think hitchhikers uh, view strags as rubes, or is it just simply a way to tell one person apart from another, like uh, us apart from them? Um, I've got a bit to say about this, but um, first of all, do you know strag is actually a bit of slang already no please uh, say more things in chicago apparently it is um a slang for well i suppose the equivalent would be replacing that would be slag like uh yeah a hoe a runner apparently according to urban diction a runner a hoe a runner a bust down a rat a skeezer someone who gets a are you now just reading the lyrics from like a 1960s Motown song. Someone that gets into it all the time with no shit. Promiscuous, a term originated in Chicago, apparently. A runner. I know. A runner. A runner's that type of like strip of tablecloth that you put across a table that doesn't fulfil the purposes of a tablecloth. Yeah, you don't look like a runner. It's the bit, it's the long type, it's a long doormat. That's what a runner is. Have you never been at a club? Bought a girl a drink, got into it, took her home, laid her across the table, and put your centerpiece on her chest. Uh, consensually, obviously. Obviously, of course. Definitely phone her the next day. <laughs> Absolutely, because <laughs> you're a sweetheart like that. Okay, so, yes, of course it's derogatory. Any, any slang term from within a subculture that refers to someone without the subculture is going to be derogatory. Right, okay. This is why I ask you. There's a George Carlin bit that goes, have you ever noticed on the highway that anyone slower than you is an idiot and anyone faster than you is a maniac? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I heard that and I I thought about it a lot because my brain thinks about shit a lot. Um, And I really love it because it has an internal logic and it's an internal logic because that joke works for everyone. But why does it work for everyone? There isn't a standard speed, there isn't a standard term for idiot, there isn't a standard term for maniac. But it's the same for everyone, because everybody drives different speeds, but they think it's the right speed, otherwise they wouldn't be driving it. Mm -hmm. Anyone that isn't a hitchhiker is an idiot, and hitchhikers would think that, Otherwise, they wouldn't be a hitchhiker. Yeah, I kind of feel like that as as a freelancer, like or as someone who was just like a freelancer. It's like, why doesn't everyone do this? And and when people talk about, especially like I listen to podcasts and and some of the people on there have day jobs, and I'm like, why do you have a day job? Why do you? Ugh, okay, I mean, just be normal, and <laughs> not have a day job. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, a, a lot of other cultures, like uh, all the cultures that I've been kind of normy or normal would be what we refer to people outside of it. And that would be an insult. That would be like a harsh criticism of someone still kind of is for me. If I ever refer to someone as normal, like that is kind of me throwing a bit of shade about. It ties nicely to the idea of, of the, the book as being uh, a hitchhiker's guide and tying it to lonely planet and all of those ideas because you can almost imagine some insufferable university fresher who's been backpacking for a year 
like who really looks down their nose at people who haven't done that yeah being keen to separate themselves as being you know hitchhikers and um and strags that being a really important way of them articulating their identity well you know of course i was uh, i was hitchhiking last year Around uh, plural ZZ Alpha, you know. Uh, you, have you been there? Oh, you should have seen the looks I was getting from the strags at the highway. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they could see my spirit. I, uh, I didn't have my towel this one time. It was so funny. <laughs> oh my god, I had to use a dishcloth. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. It was hilarious. What's a rube? <laughs> That's the question. What's, <laughs> What's a the matter, boy? Don't you understand? It's like, <laughs> you some kind of rube? Um, it's uh, an unsophisticate. Okay, and is that uh, a bumpkin? Is that from our moon or is that from... Well, it, I mean, it's made up in, in as much as it's it's a word that's been invented, but I didn't invent it. No, but it's it's not a hitchhiker's word that you've employed no. I- within your hitchhiker's podcast. No, it's something it's something that exists in the world in which uh, I inhabit. The one that's got our moon in it. The one that's got our moon. I'll take that. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And now to these fine, upstanding members of the galaxy. The Stregulus Stilettons of Jajazic Stack are mortal enemies of the Solastic Armor Fiends of Stritorax, and that's just about all we have on them. Uh, John, do you have any mortal enemies? I don't think I do have any mortal enemies. I, I, I don't think I. I don't think I roll that way, Mark. You're too easy living. I thought, yeah, I thought about the roll call of people who nominally should be my mortal enemies, and I, I'm just. So you don't have the Father Ted list of liars and twats. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us on <laughs> to the French. <laughs> yeah, so no, I, I went through the list of, of people who who nominally perhaps I should have some really kind of partisan anger towards. Um, the Conservative and Unionist Party, obviously, uh, them aside, there aren't really any any enemies. Um, I, I don't like them. That's that's categorical. But um, I'm not really a proper Englishman, so I don't really care that much about the French. Mm. And in fact, in, in fact, my island's part French, so you know, there's that. And I was very pleased when they won the World Cup. Um, I thought they I thought they were great in the World Cup, and um, you're not supposed to go around wearing an England shirt and stuff like that. <laughs> I, in terms of other sporting events, I enjoy the rivalry between England and Australia in the cricket. Um, but do I hate the Australians? No, I don't hate them. I mean, <laughs> they're silly. <laughs> they're objects of ridicule to me, but I don't, I don't hate them, Mark. I'm not going to go and have a fight with them. Technically speaking, I'm supposed to hate John because he's a Blues fan and I'm a Villa fan. But you know what? It's like... I didn't know you were a Villa fan. Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, we're, we're Villa in our family. So, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm supposed to be really, really partisan about that, but it's nice when other people in the city are doing well. Different leagues, though, isn't it? Um <laughs> Is it not? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same league now. Okay. Yeah, no, no. Um, yeah, they, they keep moving down every time we do. Uh, it's fine. Danny, I tried to make a football observation. It didn't, it didn't. No, 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 it, it did not. Am I still a man? Tom? You are, you are. Um, yeah, going through that list. Yeah, apart from the, apart from, apart from the Tories. I mean, um, there's not really anyone there, but much like Arthur Dent, I think I, I was somebody's mortal enemy once and I don't understand why. And, and that's, that's quite, that's quite interesting. I, I don't know if I've talked about, about this guy before, but when, like a long time ago, two, two lifetimes ago, really, in terms of my professional life, I was running a little, like, production company. Um, um, so we were doing, we were doing graphic design, we were doing web design, we were, we were making things and having fun and, uh, doing all that kind of good media creative work that you do. 
And there was a guy who, for some reason, thought I was some sort of threat to him. And he went through all sorts, he did all sorts of weird things. And it just seemed, after a while, once I saw the pattern, I was like, he doesn't like me. And for some reason, he's got a narrative in his head that we're some sort of business rivals. Ah, one of the, one of the things one of the things he tried to do is he he um, he tried to buy my company, and my company wasn't really worth anything, <laughs> which is a, which is a, a, a strange idea. And um, he started out but with with like very grand gestures about kind of what like what it was going to be worth um to me just as a kind of cash up front it's a bit, you know the real thing's going to be the chance to kind of like be part of the setup that i'm building here and we're, we're really going somewhere we're really making something and you're going to have this and you're going to have that and you're going to have blah 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 so i had a couple of sit downs with him and um he just started like pulling pulling back and pulling back and pulling back and pulling back until there was like there was like no real deal on the table so i walked away from it and then after that, he started poaching my staff. Oh, the dirty bastard! Which was like a really weird thing to do because he was he was hiring staff he didn't need, <laughs> and it was just <laughs> this weird kind of point scoring thing that he was going go, that he was going into. Was, I'll show him. It was so bizarre. <laughs> it was so strange. And every every time I saw him, it was just a kind of a series of microaggressions. Mm. And then and then you know, like I say, making business decisions that seemed just designed to knock me down a peg or two. It was very, 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 very odd. And now, back to some good old-fashioned sci-fi tech. The Strategomat is a strategy apparatus on the Grebulon ship that will only follow the commands of the chief strategic officer. Uh, Danny, um, did Douglas basically invent an electronic jobsworth? Right. I'm not the most technically minded person in the world, and I am on a podcast at the moment with two people that work in the industry, right? Hi. Hi, I'm Robert Tech. Aren't all computers job worth? Don't all of them only do what you tell them to do? I thought that was the joke. Oh. I mean, it wasn't. Should we, should we workshop it? I don't know. No. <laughs> but, but, but let's, 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 let's say that it was, cause that's a better bit. Um, I, I think, yeah, 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 yes and, yes and. <laughs> you can't just say yes and. That's, that's the first rule of improv, Danny. Whenever anyone says anything, you have to say yes and then and. But, right, okay, wouldn't it be handy to have, because uh, I'm thinking about, like, the technology that we have, it's handy to have something that would only answer to your voice, because at the moment, you can go into people's houses and say, uh, Alexa. Alexa, buy some toilet roll, yeah. Alexa, text dad. Say, checking for lumps, thinking of you. Oh, Alexa, cancel that purchase. <laughs> Alexa, schedule uh, Exorcist soundtrack, two o'clock in the morning. I think I might have just ordered some toilet paper, lads. <laughs> you, ca- you can use other people's Alexas at the moment, and that that is rife for abuse. Like, whenever I'm at uh, the John's house, I can change whatever god-awful music is playing to something that I like. <laughs> I mean, when they designed when they designed that, they designed it as being socially beneficial. Like, oh, wouldn't it be nice to share and kind of control the music together and have a conversation about it? But no, you're just going to go in and just torpedo everything on you. Do we feel okay about having a microphone? And like, I'm not paranoid about stuff, but that's uncomfortable for me. Where have you put the microphone? <laughs> like, Ale- Alexa's Alexa's in the house, right? Just in the living room. Yeah, but it 
can't just it, it's only listening and recording um three seconds at a time who says uh it's really easy to just look at the network traffic and know that that's the case i, I definitely wouldn't have one in my house and also i think there's something very suspicious about normalizing the fact that we have surveillance equipment in our house and uh, that's that's the problem is that you're deliberately going down that unnecessary route because it's not surveillance yeah it's like say it's like saying oh I've got a, I've got an SLR camera that's surveillance as much as yes I like all the tech and, and all the rest of it um, it is a it's a it's a silly thing um, because that's not how the devices work I would be willing to bet that I could find a whole strata of tech engineers that know about this stuff that wouldn't have them in the house and that are quite vocal about it well this this goes back to the famous Mark Zuckerberg doesn't have a, a webcam story doesn't it you know that's that has been the even that has been brought up as uh the assumption that the so so what john's talking about is a, a photo uh of mark zuckerberg uh, chatting to a bunch of people and there's there's a laptop there and the laptop has got a um sticky thing over the uh webcam um and plenty of people said that's not mark zuckerberg's laptop Remember the disgrace. The thing, onanism. Remember the disgrace. So the thing I will add to that, which doesn't help Mr. Onanism, is everyone's like, ooh, my webcam, my webcam. But to go to your point, um, no one thinks to cover up the microphone on their devices, on their laptops and such, which is so infinitely more incriminating if someone were to hack that. Um, because A, you don't know when that's happened because all um well decent computers have lights next to the webcams that show you when they're being used that is hackable as well but the microphone is completely invisible you have no idea when that is being activated far more worrying is the stuff that you genuinely don't have any control of and um they the the way that we know they are using that they they are the, they. The, the, the way the way that bad actors in this space are um are using things that aren't locked down things that you can't lock down and things that you wouldn't think to lock down to track you around the places how's your instagram feed dan <laughs> yeah you like you like instagram mm-hmm. how's that how's that going for you yeah and facebook those are the things that genuinely are tracking you and watching your habits. What I'm thinking is that you have both have serious reservations about the Alexa, but they're both in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I, for one, welcome uh, my... Bl- uh, blink once if I need help. Yeah, my, uh, yeah. my electronic overlord. We absolutely love the devices. We're just terrified to say their names out loud. Yeah, what, what, um, to, to, to paraphrase a, a tweet that Mark might have seen, but Danny's probably seen over the, over the past few days. <laughs> what bit would you do on a podcast to let us know that you were being kidnapped? <laughs> <laughs> well, evidently, be quiet for two minutes because both <laughs> jumped in there. Because <laughs> the grown ups are talking. And now. Uh, these strenuous garfighters of Stug are mortal enemies of the Silastic Armafins of Stridorax. Danny, do you have any mortal enemies? <laughs> well, <laughs> the French, Australians, John is a Blues fan, John is a Villa fan, uh, John Hickman in general. <laughs> um, I, do, do you know what? A little bit John Hickman, uh, because... <laughs> <laughs> 
I think I know why. I think uh, I know why. Because uh, he won't tell you the name of his mortal enemy. If you do that, then you give him flesh. <laughs> or is it like, you, have you got the Donald Trump thing? It's whatever's in front of you at the time. <laughs> okay, there's two There's two ways I could, I could go now. Uh, frighteningly real, oh. or let's keep it light. Frighteningly uh, real. Let's keep it light. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, um... Uh, a little bit John Hickman because he gave the answer that I was going to give. Oh, sorry, uh, but in a different in a different way. I don't have any mortal enemies. I would say um, I'm too old. Like <laughs> hate, hate is a lot of effort, and I think you get to a certain age and you're like, oh, it can be fucking ass, right? Mm. What I do have, there's a there's a um, I'm referencing dead comedians now. That seems to be my 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 niche. Um, Mitch Hedberg has a joke that is, um, I don't have a girlfriend, but I have a girl that would be really cross that I said that. Mm. That's a really good line. So uh, yeah, I don't have mortal enemies, but I do have an unnerving ability to rub people the wrong way. <laughs> what? And not notice. So I think there genuinely would be several people that would say, like, if asked to list people that they really dislike, nay, is a mortal enemy. I, I reckon I would pop up on a couple of lists, <laughs> but <laughs> that would be completely one way. That would be completely like, in fact, if I do find out that I rub somebody the wrong way and they really don't like being in my presence, I think that is the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> It doesn't make me feel bad. I love it. I love that I'm affecting somebody's life in that way. Like, I will, I will find ways of interacting with them or forcing interacting with them. I will relentlessly be in their presence just to watch them squiggle about and, and be uncomfortable and be, you know, someone's so cross, they're inarticulate. Apoplectic. Isn't that the best feeling in the world that you caused that without trying? I love it. Um, yeah, I do have a tendency to rub people. You didn't like me when you first met me, right, Mark? For, yeah, famously, um, I uh, and I, I, I've brought this up a, a lot. I don't, I don't actually think we've ever brought it up on this on this podcast. But um, yes, I did not take to Danny uh, <laughs> one tiny bit um, when we when we first met. I found him abrasive and obnoxious, um, and uh, and and deliberately um, iconoclastic. <laughs> And all of those things are true, but for whatever reason, I love his massive head and and uh, that 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 mischievous little face on him. Um, I he wormed his way into uh, into my into my very soul, and um, I wouldn't be without him now. But uh, no, I mean, it, like, it didn't take long. Uh, in in all fairness, it wasn't like I was playing hard to get. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, the worst thing you can do. Um, and I, I like I, I found this as well, and I, I ended up having a, like one of those conversations where you have to have a chat with someone to be like, "Are we cool?" Um, the worst thing you can do to someone like Danny and someone like me who who have massive egos is to just kind of not be impressed or that bothered by someone. That is the thing that will that will make us either try harder or you know turn up the charm or whatever. I've seen it when it happens to Danny <laughs> and I know it when it happens to me <laughs> and to, so to Danny it makes him double down on the charm and to me it basically makes me text people and go why don't you like me <laughs> yeah indifference is infuriating hate is wonderful 
yeah, hate is something you can use. The most fun thing about this bit of the uh, bit of the show for me is that I've realised that Danny is actually Will Arnett as Lego Batman <gasps> in the Lego Batman movie. I don't know if anyone's seen it. That's a that is a really good pull. Yeah. But the plot of the Lego Batman movie is that um, Joker thinks that he is Batman's arch nemesis. And Batman's like, no, you're just this, you're just this dude I fight. <laughs> and then the whole of the rest of the film is about them exploring their bromance through, uh, through hatred <laughs> and, and Batman having to come to terms with the fact that he really does hate Joker. Friends are the family you can choose. <laughs> Let's have something definite. A subcyclic normality assertatron is a marvellous device for counteracting the effect of the infinite improbability drive. John, is it not possible, or rather finitely probable, that the infinite improbability drive could counter this counter? I think it's going to be... Now I've tied myself in a knot? <laughs> Australian? <laughs> I think... I think it's going to be really, really, really hard to uh, recreate this in production. Um, <laughs> we can, might be able to do it on staging, but essentially this is a race condition, Mark. Yeah, it is a race condition. It's also turtles all the way down. This is one of those questions that you read in the script and you're like, oh, thank God somebody else has got this. <laughs> to, to explain briefly to, to, to Danny, because he hasn't been uh, Mark and John explained enough tonight. <laughs> Well, um, so, so a race condition is when, is when two things are competing for the same assets and goals. Um, and, um, now Mark is a very, very, very good programmer and a very good scriptwriter. So earlier on, he gave us both the same question at mutually exclusive times, which meant that I could take the microphone and give an answer and then there'd be a wait. And then you would come through the queue and you would get your go at all the resources and get to give an answer. That's good programming, Mark. Sure. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. I'll take it. Putting, put, if, if you put the two questions on at the same time, we would have been in a race condition and it would not have been clear what had happened. It would just be, it would just be a mess. This is also a race condition. And if it happened, race conditions provide opportunities for attack. So you could essentially lock the universe in a denial of service attack by putting these two things against each other which would allow me to reboot the entire Hitchhiker's universe and do a book seven. And now it's time to tune in your radio for a sub-ether trifecta. The sub-ethernet is basically the galactic internet. Given that the sub-ether radio band uh, existed first, I think this is a pretty good name, considering ethernet is already a thing. Ether, ether. Mm. Danny, what's rule 42 of the sub-ethernet? That's probably the same as the rule 42 of our internet, right? Yeah, yeah, because it's just a projection of. Do you know what rule 42 of, of our internet is? No. Um, well, there is no regular set of rules. They've been written and rewritten, and, and um, it's hard to find what are the original def definitive rules. Um, yes, there's there's kind of three that people constantly refer to, um, and they're different. Uh, rule 42 is different um, for all of them. So the first one I found is, it is delicious cake and you must eat it. <laughs> 
<laughs> which I am going to guess is a Portal reference. Yes, it sounds like it would be one, but usually with 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 a Portal reference, you would say something along the lines of the cake. The is cake a is like so. Um, I'm guessing it's because isn't the robot in Portal trying to kill you, and the cake is like. Uh, poisonous. No, she just she keeps fat shaming the main character. Just every now and again, she will just imply subtly that you're fat, um, and so I think that's that might be why Kate comes in a couple of times. Yeah. Okay. Um, very very good set of games. So yeah, that that's on the one list. So we, um, I thought it was a portal reference. Apparently not. Uh, the second one I found is uh, nothing is sacred. Okay. Which sounds like a, a lot like the original set of rules. So rule thirty four, if the, if it exists, there is a pawn of it. That I actually really like how that is the number that be, being the number forty two and the number forty two having such significance within nerd circles. I really like the the universe that says um, nothing is sacred. Like that that's sort of don't put anything on too much of a pedestal. It's just the number forty two. I, I know that's not what it means, but I like that reading of it. And it's also very Adamsy, isn't it? It's, it's a very Adamsy thing to. Um, and there is another, um, list of rules of the internet and rule 42 is always bring a towel. Nice. Um, obviously in reference because, you know, nerds, nerds built the internet. Um, I, I, I urge you not to go out and seek the rules of the internet because they are, you know, na- terribly misogynistic, bombastic chauvinism, um, with, uh, you know, a few clever, observations but it's not really not worth putting on your own waders and, and wading out into that shit <clears throat> if if i had to come up if i had to come up with a rule 42 for the sub ethernet uh internet um i would probably say when in doubt ask a mouse nice that's really 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 good very cool And now to this thing. The sub ether newsmatic is kind of a space teletype. John, help. It's space Twitter. It's space Twitter. It's basically space Twitter. It's space Twitter. When when it's referenced, it's when um, uh, Zephod's going to steal the heart of gold. And it's when he does the little speech that I did in my intro today. So he says, um, oh, wow, wow, that's really great. That's really great. I'm going to steal it. And they'll go, yes, air punch. We've got a quote. And they pull out their sub ether new semantics and they just type what they've just seen. So they're, they are doing probably the worst thing that anyone does, does on Twitter. And a lot, a lot of people do a lot of bad things on Twitter, right? People, people, um, engage in all levels of, of, uh, abuse. On, on many, many levels. I've just said levels too many times. Uh, all, all levels of, of abuse are perpetrated on, on there. People are vile. People, um, espouse just unconscionable, disgraceful opinion, yeah, unconscionable opinions. But the very, very worst thing that anybody ever does on Twitter is attend an event and type down the words that have been said by the person standing in front of the event and then press send. Second live tweeting conferences without context without context and just it's it's just awful and um news people have cornered the market on this awful awful behavior and uh douglas saw it 
and it is the Sabitha Newsomatic. Defence rests. Where do you stand on OH colon? <laughs> I stand on the fact that um, that I, I I use it as um, as a construct to make jokes better that would be weak if I tweeted them. Ooh, but if I OH them, it makes them better. If you ever see me do an overheard at, it's just a thing that came in my head. But it's funnier if there's an implied extra person in the room. And finally, to something that pairs well with an electronic thumb. The Sub-Ether-Sensor-Matic is a device that scans for signals from spacecraft. On prehistoric Earth, Ford detects eddies in the space-time continuum. I really wish he'd get out. And with Arthur, he catches a lift through time on a Chesterfield sofa. Now, given the number of items any hitchhiker worth their salt is supposed to carry with them, it's surprising more towels don't come with special compartments of some sort. I feel like this is sort of one area where the future has let Douglas down by packaging all of the useful things to do with communication into one box instead of lots of little things with antennas and bits that go bloop. Well, it's it was useful when the show got put on the telly because it was less things for the props department to make. Yes. Do, do we miss do we miss having separate devices? I miss a mini disc. I I kind of miss having separate devices. I kind of like having a machine that was just for music. That's my little music machine. I, I have a radio in my office just because I like going over to the, the thing that makes music come out of it and press a button um, as opposed to just navigating it all on my phone. I mean, sometimes I do just Bluetooth stuff over there, but I like it's a, you know, it's Roberts. They've been making radios for a hundred and some years or whatever it is, like a very long time. And I like that that is a thing that I can go over and touch and music will come out of it um, and it's just a standalone device. Yes. Isn't it interesting though that in this so people make these these choices about the um, the apparatus of, of receiving something and, and it's it's kind of a, an aesthetic choice in in some ways and there's a matter of taste around it as well. It's like, you know, you've mentioned, oh, it's a Robert's radio and I want to go and I want to touch it. But there's like, there is a line where we don't go any further. So we don't get a crystal set and listen to the radio. We don't even maybe get the ones that have got the radio buttons that we named the UI element after. But I assume your radio is still a digital radio. It's only, it's, it's not even a DAB. It's, um, it's not even a radio in, in that sense, in the strictest sense. It doesn't pick up FM or AM or anything an- analog uh, or DAB. It is a, what it really is, is a Bluetooth device that, um, also streams spotify directly in the box and internet radio wow yeah it is not what you would call a radio radio wow so it's a smart speaker it is basically a smart speaker pretending to be a radio yeah so what was your thesis john was you saying that we fetishize tech to a certain point uh until it kind of erodes on quality we yeah we back we backward well i just i'm just wondering where those lines are really we we kind of like we we are we do go backwards but we go backwards to a point you know, no one's no one's winding up a gramophone, are they? Oh, there's there's some there's some hipster somewhere with a three foot beard who's doing that. Wax cylinders. And- we are using cassettes again, which have absolutely no advantages in any way. Shane. I mean, seven people on Pinterest are, yeah, but not like people. Oh, I don't know. There is a there is a, there is a cassette movement, Mark. I, just, no, no, I know there is, but not a real one. Like there is a real vinyl movement. I think there is a pretend cassette movement. I think that's, I think that's, that's eating itself a little bit. Like I get the vinyl thing. I think the the cassette one is, I think, a little bit pretend because <laughs> you, know, you, you know what I mean. It's, it's the echo chamber of this is becoming a meme because it's becoming a meme, as opposed to it actually being something that people really 
unironically pursue. There's the uh, there was the ironic pursuant of pursuant pursuance um, pursuing pursuit Pursu- pursuit. There you go. There was the ironic pursuit, which is a really good uh, board game if you get to play it. <laughs> there was the ironic pursuit of vinyl, which then turned into the non-ironic, genuine pursuit of vinyl, where people fetishize vinyl because of, of the tactile element and what it means to put on a record. And the sound thing is a little bit bogus, but the actual like putting on a record, all of that stuff, yes totally understand that it's a lovely thing to sit down and go i'm going to actually put on a record i think the cassette thing i think there were i think it's a little bit empress new clothes i think there were seven people who did it on the right medium blog post and people are doing it because seven people did it i don't think that's the same kind of thing we're in so much trouble because one of one of our listeners uh is a professor of radio and popular music and knows all about we're going to get a lot of letters from one cool. listener <clears throat> Hello, Andrew. Yep. Have you heard what the kids are listening to now? It's not fucking cassettes. Sorry, go on. I have a good authority that kids are listening to 8D music. Okay. And um, you put your headphones on and you listen to the music. Um, and it's been it's been specially um, basically engineered to use all the different um, sound aspects of modern speakers and stuff. Right. So I was like, oh, wow. Like, I, I was speaking to a young person. I was like, hello, young person. Tell me something young. And they were like, hmm, 8D music. I was like, thank you. Have a shiny coin. And um, I, I, was, I, I rushed to the internet. I rushed. And um, for a start, they're all on YouTube. So go fuck yourself for sound quality on YouTube for a kickoff. Um, so you listen, <laughs> you put it on and you can, you can type in pretty much any, any sound. It's either 8D or 5D you want, but they're all, they're all the same because it, you know, it's a meaningless title that doesn't actually mean anything. So you, you know, go for your life. It's either 5D or 8D. The, any song you want and there will be a version of this and you put your headphones on, you're like, right, I am ready to be blown away by yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Go. And it comes on and it is just like, it's just panning. It's just <laughs> essentially just just panning from ear to ear, like that, and and not in a way that goes rhythmically with the music. Just in a random, just panning from ear to ear. No, nothing, no thought about the beats or or like it is the most annoying way to listen to music ever. Are you sure it wasn't playing some of those young people frequencies that we can't hear, that, that they use <laughs> as a deterrent? Yeah, and in fairness you've been to a lot of gigs, so your ears are probably going to be significantly battered. Oh, yeah, no, I was I was, just, I, I'm going on the subtitles, so they were get, just getting bigger in places <laughs> <laughs> so that's, what, that's what I presumed it was <laughs> And, uh, well that is, I mean, that was, that was I mean that was whatever that was. It was summer that was something that was the thing that happened in your ears for between 35 and 45 minutes depending on how much content was salvageable depending on um, if Danny's joke gets in mm-hmm. uh, well uh, if you want more of us in your lives then uh, you can find Danny at probably drunk and John Hickman at John Hickman on Twitter and you can find me on Instagram at I am Stedman um, mainly cats and um, ketogenic food because <laughs> that's my life uh, well thank you very much um, for uh, listening and uh, and subscribing and doing the things that you do do uh, like and subscribe and also share and enjoy
This podcast is produced by Podient. To find out more, visit podiantproductions.com. Mark, Robert's radios don't sound very good. You haven't sold them to me. Like, why you haven't set it up? What are you talking about? Well, I wasn't trying to sell them. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's a radio. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a smart speak. No. Anyway, like, back to our sponsors, Robert Radio. Yep. <laughs> Hi, I'm Robert Radio. When I'm listening to HD <laughs> music, I like to use a Bose noise-cancelling headphone. I don't know about you, lads. It's definitely Bose. I'm Gary Fridge. My favourite type of cold is very cold. <laughs> <laughs>